This topic is about the concept of family and what family means to you, me, the community, the people around us. Family has changed over the generations. This whole concept of two children, mother and father, and the fact that the parents are married uh, has changed dramatic. Sorry, has changed dramatically, and has changed with times, and has changed with culture, and has changed with how society has moved forward. And this concept of family, as I have worked internationally and gone to different places, has certainly changed in the people that I have met and the, the people that I have come across. Within the United Kingdom, that concept of family has changed even more as certain cultures have mixed together, certain races have mixed together, certain religions have mixed together and integrated. Also, different uh, generations of uh, a family unit. For example, it could be a single mother, a single father. It could be two fathers, two mothers raising a family. All of us, I appreciate, are going to have different concepts or different viewpoints on what we believe should be the right um, you know, version of a family. But the main essence is that you have someone that's there in a duty of care and a duty of love and a duty of compassion. In my time growing up in the early 80s within the United Kingdom and then the early 90s within the United Kingdom, my whole concept of family has changed as well. And it's interesting how when you look back and reflect upon that image and aspect of your own upbringing, you can see how the generations and the cultures have sort of changed over time. And when you move abroad, it's interesting as well that when you're in the international scene, you see those core values of the traditional uh, mother, father, for example, who haven't divorced and have stayed together, for example, for over 40 years, 50 years, in some cases where they're lucky, 60 years, 70 years. And there's that funny saying, isn't there, that you get less for doing murder <laughs> than you do for staying together for that time. And trust me when I say it, I don't know how some relationships have managed to do that. That's taken quite an achievement in itself to be able to stick together for that long. My own experience for this particular topic, and I'm sure some of you are going to have your own opinions and your own viewpoints, so that's fine. I was raised in a very, very strict Muslim uh, upbringing. I was the first generation born in the United Kingdom to my personal family. Um, I had quite a lot of battles with my father, with other people within the community and the people around me, because of lots of factors, to be fair, gender roles, roles for um, specific females within that culture, within the within the family dynamics. Um, my family are Patan, so they're very, very, very strict upbringing and very much in the essence of this is what a female should be doing. You know, for example, at the age of eight, nine or even younger, you know, looking after your siblings, taking care of them. Uh, taking them to school, bringing them back from school, um, making sure that your siblings are cared for in the sense of, you know, in the wider community and also as they, they gain into education. Um, you're learning how to cook, you're learning how to clean, you're learning how to basically be in charge of that household 
Uh, and these are traditional roles, by the way, that I'm talking about, but looking at different aspects of that sort of uh, role of a female, you know, sort of like in a way training you up uh, for a future wife, which I appreciate culturally has some dynamics and some impacts. And I'm sure that has changed now with the, with the generation in 2020. But prior to that, um, when I look back on that particular role, I don't see any harm in it because it's it's actually helped me to become a good, independent, young uh, woman as an adult. You know, it's helped me to grow and it's helped me to change and it's helped me to look at different aspects of those particular skills that I would need to get me through in life. Now, at the age of 21... I came across a bit of a stumbling block in my life. For the last couple of years, life had been quite difficult with my father and I. I think partly as you are getting a little bit older, you are finding yourself, you're finding your voice, you're finding your compassion. I'm at university at this stage of my life. I'm also working, um, which my father had given me permission to do, which again was quite revolutionary. But in order to be able to do that, uh, this aspect of your life sort of ground ground you and it makes you who you are it sort of establishes yourself and of course you're going to have clashes with your parents because understandably you're not being rebellious you're not being rude or disrespectful you're just voicing for the first time your stance on how you see the world and how your family and your family unit has sort of grounded you and made you who you are and you're voicing it you're sharing it you're sharing that compassion you're sharing the skills there are times when you say no i'm not going to do that because of this or yes i'm going to do that because of this understandably your family see that as some aspect of rebellion and perhaps being disobedient when actually that's not what you're doing you're just saying this is who i am this is me this is what i represent these are the assets and the skills that i show this is who i am in my wider community and this is who i am trying to grow into and trying to mold myself into but obviously understandably your family do doesn't always necessarily understand that because when they look at you they look at you as their young child still even if you're, you're 20 years old 30 years old 40 years old i'm sure they still look at you in some respects of like the little child the little baby they had when that was growing up so these aspects you know, they can um, change the dynamics of how they sort of perceive you and how they respond to you. Now, not long after, when I hit 21, my father and I got ourselves into a rather, rather big fight. And it was a fight that uh, neither of us, in a way, would walk away from without repercussions and without implications. I'm not going to go into the whole... Uh, aspect of why we fought that that is between me and him and some of the people that are close to me in my sort of life know I've shared or hinted at some aspects of that um in, in one of my videos but I just want to focus on this whole aspect of like family so that's why I don't want to go into that too much it resulted in me leaving my family home and me walking away from my family which I hadn't realised quite deeply how that had cut me like a knife, so to speak, and had impacted on me greatly as well. I had remained strong for quite 
at some time as I was packing my car of my belongings. And, you know, understandably, your parents give you an ultimatum and they tell you particular things. And the words that resonated with me ever so much and still did for the rest of my life. And like I said, I, I'm, I was in my 20s. I'm now in my 40s, but they still impact on you. But the words of, you know, um, if you do this, if you make this decision, don't ever come back. If you do this, don't ever come back to this house. You are dead to me. Now, your parents saying that to you at that time are the, the most hurtful, the most horrible things that you could ever hear coming out of your parents' lips. And even though you're trying to be strong, you're trying to stand your own ground, you're trying to do the whole, um, you know, independent thing, you, there's still that part of you that wants to wobble like a little small child and grieve. So that's understandable that that part of you, that human being part of you, that inner child of you, the part of you that wants your parent to love you and accept you for who you are, that person has their, their whole concept shattered. And I ended up driving away in my car at the time with all my belongings at the back of the car, not knowing where I was going, what I was going to do. And I remember sobbing or nearly sobbing my heart out as I sort of drove away, but I swallowed all my feelings because at that time I knew that I needed to survive and I needed to be able to do what I was going to do, which was going to be quite a life-changing aspect for me and the people around me. Now, remember, I'm saying to you that I'm a Muslim girl, I'm young, I'm um, obviously female. Culturally, it was not something that you would do, you know, because there's repercussions of you bring in shame to the family, you bring, you bring in disrespect to the family. And also, um, where do you go? In a predicament like that, where do you go? And people had said to me, friends had said to me, oh yeah, you know, um, because I was working at the time, I was working for a bank, oh yeah, you can come and stay with me and I'll always have a room. And I remembered that and I did ring this particular friend only to find that actually that was an empty promise. And, you, you know, you obviously got stuck. Now, other friends um, I didn't really want to bank on and it taught me at that point to always, always rely on number one. Don't ever rely on anyone else because they say things and they're not actually going to follow through with them, especially when you need them the most. So you have to bear that in mind. But moving on and carrying on with the topic of family, um, it was in those very, very, very difficult times when I was homeless and obviously facing living on the street, which happened to me at that age, that you really realise that over those years and trying to rebuild your life together, almost like a jigsaw piece, I guess, that family becomes not just blood family, it becomes the people that are in your life that are a constant, that are a, a, a support influence in a way. And over the years for me, I've been blessed. I've been really, really blessed. And I thank God, you know, whatever your faith will be, um, I do thank God for being some form of support throughout that difficult time and difficult period in my life. I had quite a lot of people coming in and out of my life. One particular family I've had in my life since I was 16, uh, we lost touch because the best friend, and obviously she ended up being a very, 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 very um, 
important person in my life for a number of years. We're talking over 26 years. Her whole family, um, we had lost touch, like I said, when she'd gone on to university before I had. I had to resit my college courses and then I, w- I was able to go to university. But we lost touch in that meantime and she was working in, I think, studying in M- Manchester and I obviously stayed in Sheffield and Huddersfield at that time. But when we did reconnect um, through things like, I think if you remember back in the day, I can't remember now, if it was MySpace or something like that, um, we were able to reconnect. Now, even though I knew vaguely where her parents lived, because back in those days, when you had a family house, you stayed in that family house for like 30, 40, 50 years. It's not like nowadays now, where people are changing houses like every five minutes. Um, I just couldn't remember the exact house number. I knew the street, but I just couldn't remember the house number. But we were able to connect and we were able to get back in touch. And her whole family, who still to this day I'm in touch with, and, you know, both her parents and her siblings and her relatives, who I've been a big, 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 big part of, they were able to see the other aspect and the other side of family and I'm extremely thankful to them. I still to this day thank them, bless them, support them, kiss them from the bottom of my heart because they took me in and made me one of their adopted daughters, adopted aunties, niece, whatever you want to call it and it was lovely that I had gone from rejection and uh, basically, you know, not being permitted to stay where I wanted to stay with my biological family, but due to conflicts and due to cultural aspects, due to traditional things, I couldn't. The other family that I was with for all these number of years, for like 26 plus years, they've had the benefit sorry, of seeing me grow from a young woman into an adult, obviously. They've seen me go from different relationships I've had in my life, different careers I've had in my life. They've seen the ups and the downs. They've seen me obviously, um, you know, have challenges and overcome them. They've been also there for, for levels of support and levels of understanding. And, you know, that in itself has grounded me and supported me and encouraged me to grow. And I, uh, like I said, I am extremely grateful, I'm extremely thankful uh, that they are still a big part of my life. And even though for fa- for the last five years now, I've been a- away from the UK because I've been working internationally, it doesn't mean that you don't forget um, your roots and you, forget, you don't forget the people that have been like a stepping stone or a ladder, so to speak, in your life and helped ground you and helped make you and helped mould you in different dynamics, in different ways, in your life um and you know you see them grow you see them change you see them sadly face deaths you see them you know get married divorce separate have children you go through all of those dynamics and that's the whole point of family isn't it it's the point of being that support network and going and helping each other through those particular life events and life cycles now in addition to that particular family Over the years, I had lots of close friends, I would say. And you know, life sometimes is like a a chapter where you start in a particular book, you start one chapter, it closes, then you start another. So friendships and family 
change as well. So as you are growing and you are changing in your life and you are experiencing different particular experiences with maybe job changes or life changes, your your whole dynamics change as well. And sometimes, even though you are very, very close to the point where you're like brother and sister, you're inseparable, you're practically together 24 hours in a day, you're on the phone to each other, texting each other, you're in each other's lives at the weekend, you know, you spend it, you're going on holidays together, for example, then suddenly, without you even realising it, that friendship, that close, intimate friendship comes to an end. And there are times when, you know, you'll sit back and look at it and think, I'm really sad that that friendship has ended. And then there are other aspects of yourself, if you're wise and you're knowledgeable, you look back and you think, actually, that person and myself we served as a as a chapter in each other's lives. We no longer need each other. We no longer um, want each other in our lives. And we have to respect that. We have to respect that the other person has outgrown what their needs are. And perhaps the other individual and yourself, you're doing things or you're doing aspects of your life, you know, are happening and maybe you're not in agreement anymore as well. And this is what I mean when your whole, your whole aspect, whether it's vibrational settings or whether it's your concept or you, there's certain things, aren't there, in life where it changes. It changes without you realising unexpectedly or it's sort of like a gradual phase and it happens abruptly to the point where you don't see it coming. Now, obviously, when those friendships end, most of us are going to be sad, we're going to be grieving, we're going to be upset. But as in addition to that, you have to remember the good times as well. And you have to also remember why that person is not part of your friendship and your family uh, zone anymore. And, you know, people have that saying, don't they, that God works in mysterious ways. And I certainly do believe that. Um, there are times when other people then end up part of your circle. And again, these are life lessons that you're, you're learning as you get older, as you get into different um, time zones, I guess, or timeline frequencies of your life. And it changes, again, depending on your particular dynamics and what is happening to you in your life. There are times when also you go through stages, stages sorry, of neediness, and I'm guilty of this big time. I'm guilty of this in a huge way. And it's something I recently realized when I was doing something that we call shadow work and I was working on in my own mind and in my own sort of meditation and mindfulness I was working on my actual outlook and my sort of like attachment issues and I guess you can relate this to to psychology I guess Um, I have studied that so I do know those principles where you're sort of forming that attachment and bond to people that you're meeting and there's that part of you, without without you realising it, I guess, without you subconsciously, you're doing things that you don't sort of register. But you are referring to people as your family in the sense of calling someone's children your niece, your nephew, even though they're bio- biologically not yours. And you're forming attachments verbally because mentally and spiritually there's something about you as a person that's that's not quite whole. And I can see that now clearly. Um, I was calling some of my friends recently had children and I was saying oh can I be their auntie and I hadn't realized actually till afterwards when I did some work on myself that that whole like wanting to belong and wanting to 
have that commitment and that um, bond with that child was something about me that still wasn't resonating in me, that still wasn't fixed or healed within me. And that was something I obviously needed to address and did so consequently during that time when I stepped back and did some self-reflection. And I apologise to the individual concerned that I was, I guess, without meaning to, forcing a situation where perhaps that individual didn't want me to be, um, you know, call it, be called auntie or so-and-so. I had to respect their wishes, um, which sometimes, you know, we, as human beings... Um, we don't realise we're, we're forcing situations onto others. You know, we sometimes are in our own, I guess, stance of pain or st- stance of brokenness. and We don't see it. We don't see it till we really, really step back and we have a look at that aspect of um, family dynamics and self-love that, and look at issues that we still need to resolve within ourselves. And it doesn't uh, hurt to acknowledge that. It doesn't hurt to admit that. I'm in my 40s and I'm admitting that. We're still working on ourselves, we're still growing in ourselves and we're still changing. And that's part of the whole you know, evolution of life that you are going forward, hopefully, with your aspects of life. Now, moving forward, there are still issues with family. Luckily, I have uh, broken a, quite a lot of barriers and quite a lot of um, Things I was told, you know, don't get in touch with this, don't do this, don't do that. Five years ago, I did start um, trying to rebuild bridges with my family. I had reconnected. Sadly and unfortunately, it didn't go the way that I wanted to because I realised that my father's intentions and my intentions were completely two different things. And yet again, that family dynamics was broken. So even though we were building huge building blocks of peace and acceptance and love and compassion unfortunately it had been a bit of a a fairy tale duping on my father's behalf because he had his own clear intentions about what he wanted out of that relationship and they weren't the same as mine and I made that decision a very very difficult decision um, of stepping away when I was able to and walk away again and you can understand that that pain and that rejection of having to do that again, not just once in your lifetime, but twice. The only positive side I will say is that this time I made sure I kept in touch with my brother and I kept in touch with my siblings. Throughout the years, um, I ended up having an argument with my sibling, but re- siblings, sorry. But recently, because of COVID and because of things happening in the world, I decided to bury that hatchet and bury that um, anger and, you know, you know, people are going to be people. And there are times when, you know, some sometimes you look at it and think, well, hold on a minute. Who Who is the one that's been punished here? Is it this person? Is it me? Is it their children? And sometimes you have to bury your ego, you have to bury your pride and you have to bury your arrogance and understandably try to rebuild again, okay? Now, this is maybe that um, resilience side of us from when we are born it's sort of innately channeled into us that we are here to be uh, compassionate and we're here to be understanding sometimes our family are unfortunately people that we don't necessarily um, agree with and we don't get on with but they are your biological family as I've said so sometimes there are cases where you will rebuild things that you can go forward with and there are times when those relationships are broken for various reasons Now, one of the things I have done 
is stay in touch with my mother. And I did that recently when I faced some difficulty in my own life. And I don't regret picking up the phone and making the effort to call my mother. All those years ago, the five years, I did touch base with her uh, with them once or twice when I was facing some surgery and I was I was unfortunately in a very, very bad predicament with typhoid. But other than that, I hadn't really reconnected with them out of fear and out of not disrespecting my father's words, which were, as I told you before, um, you either do this or you're dead to me sort of, you know, I guess, comment. Um, some of you can interpret what I'm trying to get at by saying that. Now, my mum and I speak on the phone. We do speak regularly. It is fantastic that I'm able to do that, even though I'm broad. And despite the fact that my father had made clear intentions about uh, what I could and couldn't do, I felt it was my duty that I, I connected with my mum and I connected with her on a level where, you know, I don't want to be, unfortunately, and, you know, God forbid, uh, my mother dies and I'm then sat here with guilt and I'm sat here with regret. So I don't, you know, want any of you to be in a situation where you're in that scenario where, you know, you're trying to be the peacemaker. And even now, I'm still trying, yet again, to rebuild bonds with my father. And it's not an easy situation to be with and it's not easy to bury pain and to bury hurt and to bury your pride and your ego and ask for, you know, help, ask for pride. I did reach out to my father not so long back, asked him for help over a particular scenario in my life and didn't hear anything. And unfortunately for me, I think obviously I've inherited his anger. I think um, quite understandably I have and I appreciate this is personal. But I did send quite a rather nasty text message. And it was, it was horrible. It was horrible what I'd written. And I think months and months have passed now where I'm in a peaceful place, understandably. And a lot of you could probably relate to this as well. That whole family dynamics of being frustrated and being wound up and, you know, wanting some support from your family, even in very, very difficult times when you yourself are bearing pride and you're bearing your ego and you're reaching out to the person who's just done nothing but hurt you to say, please, can you just help me? Can you be a dad? You know, you've been a dad to my siblings. You've been a dad to my, uh, you know, your in-laws, I guess. But you can't be a dad to me. And that's hurtful too, okay? And I've had to live with that. It's not something I've liked. It's not something I've wanted to acknowledge but I've unfortunately had to accept that and have had to live with that and that's something that I realise that is um, not my fault and again this is what I mean that without meaning to subconsciously and unconsciously I guess we sometimes carry that weight of pain and that weight of you know uh, it's my fault when actually it's not it's not because you have done everything, whether it's as a child or as an adult, to rebuild and reconnect those kinships and that family bond. And to be honest, it's down to the other individual not willing to move for whatever reasons, whether it's a traditional reason, a cultural reason, whether it's um, a family dynamic reason, whether it's community. And the other big one, the other huge one, not necessarily just ego, 
But it's also about, well, what would the community think? What will people think? And that, in, in a sense, needs to move away. You know, families are meant to be loving, caring, accepting of you no matter what. And I'm sure there's many of you out there with various different life experiences, different scenarios, whether it's um, your sexuality, whether it's your partners you've selected, whether it's the job you are selecting to do, you will have faced some challenges from that individual in your life that said to you, no, you are not doing this. No, you must do it this way. And it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to be up against it all the time. And these people, they're not necessarily coming from a place of love. They're coming from a place of control. They're coming from a place of, uh, you know, culturally, I guess, tight, tight roped um, aspect of, you know, this is how we must be. This is how we must conform. And this is how we should conduct ourselves within this governed society and when they, within this governed rule. But what is right for them from their generation, from their culture and from their aspect and viewpoint isn't necessarily going to be the same for you because times change, people move on. And that's something I think that gets forgotten in our society, in our world as we as we grow older. Now, I don't know what the outcome will be as I've tried to rebuild bridges with my father recently. Uh, but I I know that in my own heart and in my own mind, I've tried again, okay? And I can sleep, you know, peacefully at night. I can, you know, know that, say, God forbid, again, years from now, he dies and we don't get to make peace. I, I've got a clear conscience. I did my bit. I tried. Now, many of you will be sat there and thinking to yourselves, well, yeah, I can relate to this. I've got a similar situation to this myself. Or you've known someone that's been impacted by that as well. And as I said to you, you know, as you get older, your the other thing that happens to you is that your your friendship zone becomes smaller. And that's because as you're getting wiser and you're getting older, you realise the things that matter, the things that are important. And again, going back to the fam the whole concept of this family dynamics, you realise there are people in your life that are crucial. You only keep maybe four or five friends. The rest of you people that you've got out there in the big world, okay, you're, they're your friends, but really they're acquaintances. They don't really know your deep, dark secrets that you've kept vaulted, you know, and closed and locked down where nobody can get in. So that aspect of family changes as well. And depending on your own needs, so whether it's you're, you're growing, you're having your own family, um, it might be that you are traveling, you're experiencing different aspects of your life. Maybe you are having children, maybe you are uh, divorcing. Whatever your predicament is in your life, your family dynamics and your friendship dynamics will change too, you know, depending on that scenario, like I previously said. Going forward, you know, all of us, we have uh, people in our lives that we love to death, so to speak. And there are people that we just can't stand and we can't tolerate. And as I said, you know, in a recent conversation I had with one of my ex-students who, unfortunately, she was struggling with the same concept herself. And I broke it down to her that, you know, I've been here, I've got the T-shirt, I've survived, and family isn't always going to be blood. 
And she, you know, she's like 20s, in her 20s. I've known her since she was 11. I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. I'm not disclosing personal things. But what I made her realise was, after a long conversation, was sometimes, yes, it hurts like hell, being rejected, not accepted, not understood. But focus on the people that do make you feel like family. Focus on the people that do encourage you. Focus on the people that are your stepping stone and that are, uh, you know, the, the, I guess you could say they're the cheerleaders of your life. Focus on those people. You will have close people in your life that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they will not judge you. They will not judge your decisions. They will not criticise your decisions. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, they'll be straight up there, gangster style, telling you some home truths you don't want to hear. But you know what? They're coming from a place of love. They're coming from a place of compassion. They're coming from a place of wanting to see you not make silly mistakes or stupid mistakes that you're going to regret. Because some of these people that are giving you that advice... They've walked it, they've talked it, they've lived it, they've learnt from it. And when they're talking to you, they're coming from that wisdom. Now, sometimes we'll be that, no, I'm doing what I want, phase. And then later on, what you'll hear is, yeah, you're right, told you so. But sometimes, you know what, you have to walk through that path, you have to walk through that, that particular scenario, despite all the red flags that are clearly there. But, you know... We do it because we have to grow and we have to evolve as human beings. We have to experience it ourselves, I guess, for us to say, yep, that person was correct. They were spot on and I should have listened, but I chose not to. Okay, and we do that. Like I said, we're evolving, hopefully, and we're learning. The main thing is you learn, you learn and you move forward and you don't make that same mistake again. There's nothing worse than being stuck in repeated patterns of behaviour and not being able to break free. So in conclusion, as I said, family dynamics, they will change. We're in 2020 now. Scenarios are very, very different, very different for the generation that I'm seeing being being raised and being grown up internationally, like I said to you, that's also changing too. And we're becoming a world, I guess that's in, enveloped in and is, you know, part of social media, me too. I'm, I'm doing a podcast as we're talking, you know, as we're listening. Um, but it's good to reflect and it's good to analyse and it's good to step back and it's good to also give big thanks and give big love out there to the people that have moulded us and the people that have changed us and the people that have hopefully um, helped us to grow. They've pl- you know, they, you've planted seeds, they've planted seeds within you and almost like this small plant, you're steadily seeing the root take form. You're seeing the leaves slowly growing. You're seeing the flower slowly opening up in from a tiny bud and growing. Now, sometimes that bud has, you know, it, the light of the flower or the bud has sort of dropped its leaves, but it grows again and it grows different and it grows stronger. And that's how we all are. And I don't want you to forget that. So no matter your situation in your family dynamics, No matter your scenario, whether it's similar to mine, whether it's similar to someone that I've mentioned, just remember that the first thing starts with you. That self-care, self-love, self-acceptance starts with you and the person in the mirror. And like I said, that sometimes is the hardest thing to accept, you know, the hardest thing to look at. 
and it's, it's there's no harm in admitting sometimes, like I've already said, that you're wrong or that you've made attachments without consciously meaning to do so. And you've done it for various reasons because of your life experiences. There's nothing wrong with putting your hands up and admitting that. But the main thing is that you can see your cycles and you can see your patterns of behaviour and you're learning from it. So to all the adopted mums, dads, families, friends I've had over the years, big salute, big up respect, big up thank you, and love, peace and blessings to anybody who is struggling with family dynamics, especially in these difficult times. God bless, take care, uh, Ya Rab, Amin, and look after yourselves.